It's time for America Outdoors Radio, the show that covers the outdoor scene across the U.S. of A. and the entire continent. Fishing, hunting, conservation, outdoor recreation, and great destinations, we cover it all every week. It's your country, your outdoors. Let's explore it together with your host, John Cruz. October is here, and that means a whole lot of hunting and fishing is going on in the days ahead. Whether you are a big game, small game, or bird hunter, October has something for you. And as for the fishing, this may be the best month of the year to be on the water because the fish, they are putting on the feed bag before winter hits. Personally, I'm kicking off fall with a trip to western Montana. I'll be fishing the Clark Fork River for trout for a couple of days, photographing wildlife at the National Bison Range, and catching up with an old college friend and fellow Army veteran, Chris Brisky. In a couple weeks, I'll also get out for the opening of waterfowl season with my best friend, Rusty Johnston, and I'm pretty sure we'll spend a day trolling up some walleye, which tend to bite well this time of year, at our favorite lake to hunt and fish in eastern Washington, Potholes Reservoir. Here's hoping you've got some fall adventures planned as well. This week on the show, we've got three great guests for you in just a minute. You'll hear from Mark Holyoke with the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, who will tell you about some upcoming events and some great giveaways that are going on right now. After that, we'll talk to Chip Raybun with the Warriors and Quiet Waters Foundation, an organization based on a ranch near Bozeman, Montana, that is all about providing quality outdoor experiences and healing for our post-9-11 combat veterans. This is often done through fly fishing, but this year they are also doing it through archery hunting for elk in Big Sky Country in a program called Hunt for Purpose. After that, we'll have an extended conversation with Rob Nixon. He's the executive director of the Recreational Fishing Alliance. He'll be sounding the alarm about a pending rule from NOAA, the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration, that would limit all vessels over 35 feet in length to a speed of just 10 knots off the majority of the Atlantic coast. The reason for this? To protect endangered Atlantic right whales from boat strikes. It's a very heavy-handed approach for a small problem that has some huge implications for anglers, especially charter boat anglers and operators. In addition to this, we've got some more record fish to tell you about, a very unusual catch off the coast of Oregon, and courtesy of Target Walleye, we'll be sharing some common and not-so-common superstitions anglers have that fit in perfect for the spooky month ahead. Before we do all this, though, let's head to Missoula, Montana, home of the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. Next up on America Outdoors Radio, we've got Mark Holyoke on the line. He is a director of communications for the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. They've got a lot going on in the next couple of months. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, John. It's good to be with you. So I understand right now, if folks go to the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation website, they can actually enter for a chance to go on a Kentucky elk hunt with that very well-known do-it-yourself hunter, Randy Newberg. Tell our listeners about this. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a cool opportunity. Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation and Go Hunt, we're teaming up with Randy, giving away a, it's a fall 2023 second season elk hunt. It's in Kentucky. Uh, of course, that's a draw hunt, so it's it's hard to get in there. Randy's a, a longtime RMAF Life member. Of course, everybody knows him 
for his uh, advocating for hunters and for public access. And so this is, this is a, it's a really cool opportunity you can enter. Depending on how you enter, you have more opportunities to win, and then you'll have a chance to go hang out with Randy. So, you know, people that know him know he's just so genuine. He's just a great guy, and, and I can't imagine how much fun it would be to hunt with him. Oh, I would love it. I've gotten the opportunity to chat with Randy several times, and your description of him is spot on. He is a very genuine person, down to earth, and just such a wealth of knowledge. A couple of questions here. Do you have to draw your own tag, or does the tag come with the giveaway? This comes with a giveaway, and it's not just that. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. So if your name is John... You're going to make a haul here. I, I can run down the goodies here. I mean, you, there's a gear package, Rocky Mountain hunting calls, Kennetrek boots, Sitka gear, Nosler bullets, a Howa 308 rifle, Leupold scope, eyewear from Alpine, Mystery Ranch pack, a bunch of Gerber knives and uh, multi-tools, and you get a travel allowance up to a certain amount to get there. So it's not just, you know, you show up and you're taken care of, I guess, is the bottom line here. <laughs> I love it. Now, on this giveaway, you have to join the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, which is not a burden in any way, by the way, folks. It's something you really ought to do to participate. Is that correct? You really do. Yeah, you need to be a member to enter. And so during the process where you enter, you can click on whatever level level of membership you'd like. If you just want to be a year-to-year annual member or if you want to go up clear to become a life member, it's totally your call. And the thing that's really great about this opportunity with Randy, that's really the bottom line. And Randy has worked with us for several years. He's been involved with us several years for doing this. And so it's just a terrific opportunity. I will throw out there that the higher membership level you decide to to enter, get more entries. Like, for example, if you signed up to be a life member, you'd get 50 entries plus a free pair of Kinetrek boots. So there, there's kind of some incentives there, but it's just totally up to people you know, who enter whatever level they'd like to be into as far as being an RMEF member. And of course, being a member of RMEF, you'd get Bugle Magazine and then some discounts to some of our industry partners and some other perks. So it's a good way to go. And by the way, folks, uh, Kenetrek, Montana-based boot company, very, very high-quality boots there. Let's talk about another giveaway you're doing, and that's an opportunity to attend the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo in Las Vegas this winter. Yeah, and this one is also just like the Kentucky Elk Hunt, and if you go to rmef.org, that's where you enter. But but this one in particular, it's a collaboration between RMEF, the Virgin Hotels in Vegas, and the National Finals Rodeo, which is uh, quite a hoot. It's a 10-day run in Vegas from December 1st to the 10th. And what this is, is uh, if your name's John, it's a four-day, three-night accommodations at the Virgin Hotels in Vegas. You get a couple of tickets to uh, three nightly NFR performances. And if you've not been before, they're really choreographed and really fun to attend. I had a chance to go once uh, back in the day, so it was really cool. But $500 dining and a beverage credit to be used at Virgin Hotels, restaurants in Vegas, uh, round-trip airfare for two, it's a package valued at about $4,800 and no purchase. You just go to rmef.org and enter, and the winner will be drawn and notified November 1st. Well, I might have entered myself, so maybe I shouldn't have shared this because I want less competition, but it's out there, folks. So go ahead and enter at rmef.org. One other thing that's going on at the same time in early December is the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo is the 2022 Hunter and Outdoor Christmas in Las Vegas. Tell us about this. Yeah, this expo is presented by our our friends at Cinch. There's booths and displays. It's got the latest, greatest hunting and outdoor industry gear, uh, trips, art, Western decor, all sorts of other good stuff. As I mentioned, it's the 1st through the 10th. It does run in conjunction with the NFR, the National Finals Rodeo. And the expo is open 9 to 4 daily. It's in the south halls of the Las Vegas Convention Center. 
and it's actually upstairs from the Cowboy Channel Cowboy Christmas uh, Expo, which is downstairs. So the two levels together cover about 450,000 square feet of goodies uh, right for the Christmas season, and admission is free. And just something that's fun that's up on our level, we have the Junior Finals Rodeo, and I had a chance to attend this one year as well. So you've got the Junior Cowboys and Junior Cowgirls doing you know, they're, they're youngins, little ones, uh, riding, you know, steers and barrel racing and doing all sorts of uh, roping and other events. So that's a lot of fun to watch as well. You can just pop in. Admission is free. And then I guess in addition to that, there's some daily live entertainment that's downstairs at Cowboy Christmas. Shane Miner, who was uh, at our elk camp a couple months ago in uh, Park City. And then Easton Corbin, who was there not last year, but the year before that in Park City with us. Those two will be there as well as about eight or nine other country music performers. There's an army of Calcutta downstairs. You can bid on cowboys performing that night to try to win daily cash payouts. So there's really all kinds of things to see, all kinds of things to do, and all kinds of things to experience. Sounds like a great excuse to go to Las Vegas in December. You can find out more folks at rmef.org. That's rmef.org for the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. Mark, thanks as always. Hey, you bet, John. been telling you about Sportsman's Cove Lodge in Southeast Alaska for a while now, and there's a reason. They are the only Alaska Lodge we talk about in this show. It's because they're truly Alaska's best lodge. The adventure starts with a float plane ride from Ketchikan, after which you'll get the chance to experience some of the best hospitality, food, and wonderful people you'll ever meet. Wildlife is abundant, from bears and deer to eagles and whales, and let's not forget the reason you're here, the fishing. Halibut, salmon, lingcod, rockfish, true cod, and more. It's all waiting for you in abundance at Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Book your trip today at alaskasbestlodge.com. That's alaskasbestlodge.com for Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nationwide nonprofit organization dedicated to providing hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under who suffer from life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. These adventures make big differences in the lives of those who participate in them, and in many cases are literally a dream come true that brings hope and therapy to their lives. Find out more, get involved, or donate today at huntofalifetime.org. That's huntofalifetime.org. Huntofalifetime.org. Ready to step up to a quality-built rifle or shotgun that's a true classic? Check out Henry Repeating Arms, American-made. There's over 200 models to choose from in a variety of finishes and calibers for hunters and target shooters. Many of these are lever-action models with a look right out of the Old West. Don't be deceived, though. Henry Repeating Arms are modern, rugged, accurate, reliable, and have a lifetime guarantee. Find out more and order a free catalog today at HenryUSA.com. That's HenryUSA.com. From a bull elk ripping a bugle across the valley to wing beats on a duck marsh, public lands and waters are integral to our outdoor heritage. Become a member of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers and stand up for our public lands and waters. Visit backcountryhunters.org today. Hunting is conservation. 
At the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, we salute hunters for providing the majority of conservation funding across the U.S. Join us for our annual fundraising banquet to benefit wildlife and the mission of the RMEF. You're back in with America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. If you've listened to the show for a while, you may remember we've done a couple of segments with Warriors in Quiet Waters. It's a nonprofit organization based in Bozeman, Montana, that is dedicated to helping our combat veterans by taking them outside and usually taking them fly fishing. But they're doing something else this fall. And with us here to tell you more about it is Chip Rabin. He's a retired Master Gunnery Sergeant from the United States Marine Corps. Chip, welcome aboard. Thanks very much, John. Thanks for having me. So why don't you tell our listeners, give them a recap about what Warriors in Quiet Waters is all about. Sure. So Warriors in Quiet Waters Foundation, in short, we enable post-9-11 combat veterans and their loved ones to find peace, meaning, and purpose to thrive through fly fishing and, as you said, other inspirational activities in nature. There's a ranch where a lot of this takes place near Bozeman, Montana. Tell our listeners a little bit about this. So Quiet Waters Ranch is nestled on 112 acres of some of the most beautiful country I've seen. It's at the base of the Bridger Mountains in southwest Montana. And we have, we have ponds and streams running through the property. And it's also geographically located pretty much right on the Gallatin River. So we have fishable waters in abundance. Oh, you certainly do. That is uh, one of the best places in America if you're a trout angler, especially if you like to catch them on the fly. And I think it's important to, to note that this isn't just we're going to teach the combat vet how to fly fish and have them catch a bunch of fish and send them on their way. You teach them how to fly fish, but you use fly fishing as therapy. How does this work? Right. Well, we do what we do basically in three steps. The first thing we do is that we immerse the warriors and their loved ones in nature. Research indicates that time spent in nature provides respite from stress and anxiety. It makes us more present and mindful. It increases our vitality and our overall well-being. It improves our overall outlook on life. When you take being in nature and then you have an immersive skill like fly fishing, research also shows that that type of activity helps to distract us from our day-to-day challenges, provides us comfort because it's, it's fun. It floods our brains with dopamine. When you take that combination, it distracts you, it comforts you, and it floods your brain with dopamine. That combination is proven to make us more creative, help us solve problems. And for veterans, it ultimately enables us to make meaning of our service and to gain clarity on a path toward personal growth and resiliency. This year, Warriors in Quiet Waters has expanded their way of helping combat vets. They're doing it through archery hunting seasons. It's called Hunt for Purpose. It's going on right now in Montana. Tell our listeners more. Sure. We currently have five combat veterans that are alumni of our fishing programs that volunteered to to go through this Hunt for Purpose Hunt for Purpose is designed to guide these veterans to a greater sense of clarity around their identity, values, their potential, and ultimately their purpose, Hunt for Purpose, through archery elk hunting. Elk hunting is not 
the objective of the program. It's a mechanism that we're using, much like we use fly fishing. It's not rocket science, but it does require some concentration and it requires some skill. And so like fly fishing, it can put you in a state of flow where your brain can work on things in the background. But these guys are also learning some things about themselves along the way. Who came up with this idea, Hunt for Purpose? Our CEO, Brian Gilman, came up with this idea because of his life experience that was very similar to the founder of Warriors in Quiet Waters, Colonel Eric Hastings. Colonel Hastings found peace and comfort in fly fishing when he came back from Vietnam. So he created this organization when he saw a similar need among the servicemen and women that were coming back from combat in Iraq and Afghanistan. Brian grew up hunting with his dad, and he found the same peace and comfort in elk hunting with his dad that Colonel Hastings found in fly fishing. And so Brian developed this program, and we've all massaged it over time, and it's really just a a wonderful program for these warriors. So it sounds like if the veterans are doing this, they're doing it with, with a mentor or somebody like you that's helping them along the path. Is that correct? So this year we partnered with the Commit Foundation, also out of Bozeman, to work with this cohort of warriors on achieving clarity on what we at Warriors in Quiet Waters are calling the pillars of a thriving life, your identity, your values, your potential, and your purpose. They walked our warriors through two weeks of guided discovery there in Bozeman. The first one was in March. The second one was in July, where the warriors basically went through some introspection with a companion that helps them to achieve a level of accountability and vulnerability. And and so throughout this process, they learned a little bit more about what they believe, who they are, what they can do, and what gives their lives meaning. And all of this culminates right now in some time in wilderness with their companion trying to bag an elk. And I guess I should ask, I know some of the hunts are still going on, but some have been completed. Has everybody tagged out or at least a healthy portion? The last cohort finished uh, about a week ago, and of the three warriors that participated as hunters, one tagged out, and it was really wonderful to see how that all worked out. Uh, You know, in the military, there's an underlying current of ruthlessness (laughs) among friends, and it's very easy to to really ride somebody hard when, when they make a mistake, and quite often we take that well. But this was a very high stakes hunting trip. And the fact that two thirds of those that went out hunting came back still with a tag, that could have been a very difficult time for those two. But it was beautiful to watch how the companions, the guides made sense of everything that happened. We actually had one warrior that was 25 yards away from a bull with a head on shot who chose not to take it because it was a high risk shot of not killing the animal. And so when that opportunity went away, he was very discouraged, but it was wonderful to watch how everyone else rallied around him and told him that he made the right decision and that he may or may not get another chance, but today he did the right thing and that it was beautiful. Well, I'll tell you what, Hunt for Purpose and all the other work that Warriors in Quiet Waters Foundation is doing, it's clearly meaningful just from what you're describing, and it's clearly helpful to our combat veterans. And thank you so much for putting in the time and effort to do this. What's the website folks can go to to find out more? Simply go to wqwf 
warriorsinquietwaters.org, and you can find out everything you want to know about Warriors in Quiet Waters from what it takes to participate, what it takes to donate, and what it takes to volunteer. The Warriors in Quiet Waters family is a family, and we'll be happy to have you be a part of it. That website again, wqwf.org. That's wqwf.org. Check it out, and if you know Combat Vet, hook them up with this foundation. I think they could get some real good out of this. Chip, thanks for the work you do, and thanks for sharing this with us today on America Outdoors Radio. Thank you, John. This portion of the show is brought to you by our friends at WorkSharp. And if you are hunting this fall, you know the importance of a sharp knife. You're going to need it for gutting that animal, butchering that animal, taking the hide off that animal, and there's a good chance you have to sharpen it more than once while you're doing these things in the field. That's why a pocket knife sharpener or the guided field sharpener from WorkSharp are great items to have with you. Whether you're after deer, elk, pronghorn, or bear... A sharp knife helps you get things done after you drop that animal. Look for WorkSharp products at sporting goods stores, hardware stores, and ranch and home stores near you, or online at WorkSharpTools.com. That's WorkSharpTools.com. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nationwide nonprofit organization dedicated to providing hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under who suffer from life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. These adventures make big differences in the lives of those who participate in them, and in many cases are literally a dream come true that brings hope and therapy to their lives. Find out more, get involved, or donate today at huntofalifetime.org. That's huntofalifetime.org. Huntofalifetime.org. From a bull elk ripping a bugle across the valley to wing beats on a duck marsh, public lands and waters are integral to our outdoor heritage. Become a member of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers and stand up for our public lands and waters. Visit backcountryhunters.org today. Welcome back to America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. We've got a really interesting topic here. It's about the Atlantic right whale. They are an endangered species. There's only about 358 of them left, and the National Marine Fisheries Service wants to enact some new rules to go ahead and hopefully keep the population at least stable or maybe even improve it. With us here to tell you more about this is Rob Nixon. He's the executive director of the Recreational Fishing Alliance. Rob, welcome to the show. Thanks, John. Appreciate you having me. There's two issues when it comes to the northern right whale that are causing mortality, at least since 2017, that NOAA is documenting. Number one is entanglements with fishing gear. As a matter of fact, just this week, uh, it looks like a right whale was entangled in fishing gear and died. And the other one is vessel strikes. They're being hit by large vessels and getting killed. So they are proposing a new rule that would be in effect for Massachusetts all the way down to Florida, where boats that are over 35 feet in length would be restricted to 10 knots an hour. Is that right? That is correct. Why is Noah thinking this is going to be helpful? Well, I think this is a broad reaction to what really is an understanding and respecting the, the small population of the right whale. 
but it's a it's a big reaction to what amounts to a small problem. Right now, there is this rule in place, and it's been in place for a long time for for vessels over 65 feet. And what they're proposing to do is bring it down to 35 feet or larger. But in reality, the number of strikes that we can determine really uh, within boats that are 35 to 65 feet are, are really only eight that we can account for, and that's over the last quarter of a century. So this isn't a regular problem. It's not occurring uh, in vast numbers to endanger the population of the right whale. But what it's going to do effectively is it's going to take the eastern seaboard for seven months of the year, 100 nautical miles out to sea, and say it's a slow speed zone. And that's a big area of ocean to try to get in and around. And it's got you know, costly impacts and safety impacts to recreational and commercial boaters. Well, let's talk about the charter boat industry in particular, and, and for that matter, the, the recreational sport fishing industry, too. It's going to take a lot longer to get out to the fishing grounds and to get back now, isn't it? Well, yeah, that's, it's, a, it's a pretty slow speed over a long distance. You know, if, if you're sailing on, on Lake Atlantic where it's nice and calm and smooth, okay, you might have a nice sail. But if, but if it's choppy and rough and, and the way that it is and you're into some wind, the way that it is all up and down the eastern seaboard at any given time, and that we're talking seven months of the year here, it is, it not only will it take you a long time, but, but consider the, you know, the, the impact on fuel cost, um, on time out, you know, or for people that charter, if you do a morning charter and an afternoon charter, that's going to be, you're going to need to cut that short because you're not going to get from point A to point B to your fishing area quickly enough. And for what purpose? I don't know how many people have observed the right whale in, the, in their path. Certainly no one is statistically or striking them. So it's, it's really a, you know, it's really going to have a very practical impact on the charter and the recreational fishing industry. I'm actually looking at NOAA's information right now mm-hmm. on the right whale and they said that there's been since 2017 54 documented dead or serious injuries of those 11 were vessel strikes that were dead and two were vessel strikes that were serious injuries but you're telling me that the majority of those were big boats like we're talking cargo ships and tankers that are well over 65 feet is that correct correct uh, but based on, on what we're aware of we think that number is is under 10, and that's over a 25-year period, that are under 65 feet. And you're, you're over 65 feet. You're talking about extremely large ocean-traveling vessels. We're not talking about your average charter or somebody's pleasure boat going out to do some deep-sea fishing. This certainly seems like a, yeah, yeah. a really broad brush and a big hammer to put over, like you said, a, a, a pretty small problem. What would be a better solution, in your opinion, that would be less harmful to the charter boat industry and recreational anglers, and still helpful to the right whales? Well, I think it would be helpful, number one, uh, to, to ensure that, that the marine fisheries are sharing educationally the traditional you know, breeding or, or travel routes of the whale at any given time of the year, and kind of giving uh, our members some advice as to how far to, to maintain if you do see a whale. Certainly, no, nobody in a boat wants to strike a whale. The damage is... You know, is not only extraordinary to to the whale, but to the boat, and it puts the boaters at at risk too. So I think that's an area where we do some education and we we highlight where the the whales might be at any given time. But this is a really, really large ocean. And as you know, and telling somebody that they need to go slow for, for one animal, for one mammal that they may never see, and any fisherman will tell you it's called fishing, not catching. 
Right. Um, and you could be out there all day and never see a fish. And know they're there, but they don't ever pop up in front of you. So I think that's the better way to approach it. So here's another question. Uh, you're telling me this is seven months out of the year. I presume that's the seven months that they're present along the Atlantic seaboard. But we're yeah. talking about calving areas and migration paths. I'm with you. I, I can't imagine they're using the entire 100-mile radius. Can't they narrow this down to certain areas if they're going to enact cer- such a rule? Well, that's why I think that this is a, an area where we should be having a discussion without a federal rule sitting and hanging over everybody's head and educating where boaters should avoid Maybe there are areas at any given time where you should be directing people around or or just giving the average charter captain or, or boater some information about the migratory patterns of these whales. But but carving out, we're seeing this in, in other areas, too. It's not just you know the whale that we're seeing from these federal rules, but also restrictions on certain areas and canyons where you can fish, where they want to create uh, marine sanctuaries. We've got windmill issues that are coming up all along the eastern seaboard that, that have some potential impacts on where boats can go and where people can fish. So we're, in many ways, taking chunks of the eastern seaboard and making no fishing zones. And that not only is completely outrageous, but it, it, it ignores the reality that, that people fish to live. They, they fish to work. They fish to eat. Now, this isn't you know, a bunch of rich people going out there on their boats and throwing a line in and having a couple of drinks. These are people that, that rely on the ocean for their livelihoods and for their ability to, to put food on, on the table for their families. And so the whale issue is a plus-plus on top of other things that are happening that we think really in their totality are even more detrimental than just saying, hey, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful whale, let's go out and protect it. There's a lot of other things going on here that I think people need to be aware of. Well, we are running short on this segment, but if you're okay sticking around for the next segment, I'd like to let folks know what they can do about this issue, because I know that NOAA is taking public comment right now, and also have you tell our listeners a little bit about the Recreational Fishing Alliance. Can you stick around five more minutes? Absolutely. Sticking with fishing, we've got one heck of a fishing story for you out of Oregon. From Basin Tackle on the coast in Charleston, we learn a very unusual fish was caught by anglers who were tuna fishing out there it was a striped marlin caught off the boat the team y on september 21st by the way the tuna fishing was also very good they came home with over 50 albacore tuna now this is a first for me i've never heard of a striped marlin this far north in the pacific coast but according to the captain and anglers on the boat they see one or two every tuna season every summer so as unusual as it is to catch them they are around by the way the crew of the team y is doug laird he's a captain dave laird who is a spotter zach randall the real man and scott randall the fish wrangler the fish was fought and brought alongside the vessel to be safely and humanely released for the next person to catch If you want to see a picture of that fish, and it's a beauty, go to our other show Facebook page at Northwestern Outdoors Radio. You'll find the picture there. This portion of the show is brought to you by our friends at Henry Repeating Arms, which is releasing the Henry Classic 22 caliber 25th Anniversary Edition. Limited to only 5,000 rifles with unique serial numbers, this rifle is a celebration of the first chapter in Henry Repeating Arms' 25-year story. That's when they introduced the Henry H001, America's favorite rimfire lever-action rifle. It features genuine 
semi-fancy American walnut, and an engraved nickel-plated receiver cover with 24-karat cold plated highlights. Definitely a wall hanger you will be proud to show off. Go to HenryUSA.com and order yours today. The website again, HenryUSA.com. Explore the Dalles in Oregon for outdoors fun. Hike amongst the wildflowers, bike our riverfront trail, or visit the Gorge Discovery Center where you can enjoy a live raptor display. Or even check out our National Neon Sign Museum. But don't forget the fishing. We've got salmon, steelhead, bass, walleye, and monster-sized sturgeon waiting just for you. When the day is done, tell those tall tales at one of our wineries, breweries, or restaurants and plan your next adventure. Find out more at explorethedalles.com. Why book at Sportsman's Cove Lodge? Why is Alaska like no other place on earth? It hasn't changed in thousands of years. From the way you get here on a float plane to the way you go out with the guides and the boats, it's just a professional experience. And I said, this is as good as it gets. I said, if you can't catch fish here, you can't catch fish anywhere. Your experience with us will leave you speechless. Book now at alaskasbestlodge.com. Hunting and fishing are exercises in hope. Before you head into the woods, you hope to tag out on a deer you'll have to field dress. Before you make that first cast, you hope for a big fish to clean and fillet. When your hopes are realized, you'll need a sharp knife. Whether you sharpen that blade on a power sharpener in the shop or a manual sharpener in the field, WorkSharp has the tool for you. Look for WorkSharp products in sporting and stores near you or online at WorkSharpTools.com. In today's news, I'm cooking a brisket. Let's go to Jill at my house to see how it's going. This is your house and you brought me and the crew to check on your brisket? That's correct, Jill. How's it looking? This is a Camp Chef Woodwind Wi-Fi. You know you, you can check your cook right from your phone, right? I didn't know that was an option, Jill. Well, never mind. But before you leave, can you feed the dog? What? No, no. When we get back, why is my check engine light on? The answer may shock me. You're back in with America Outdoors Radio, and we've got Rob Nixon back on the line with us. He's the executive director for the Recreational Fishing Alliance. We've been having a discussion about a proposed rule to protect the North Atlantic right whale, which is an endangered species that would limit speeds for all vessels over 35 feet in length to just 10 knots an hour along the Atlantic seaboard from Massachusetts all the way down to Florida. Rob just told you about all the impacts this is going to have economically to both charter boat fleets and recreational anglers. Rob, thanks for sticking around. Absolutely, John. So what can listeners do to make their voices heard about this issue? I understand that the National Marine Fisheries Service and NOAA is taking public comment now. Yeah, I think that's that's the appropriate measure. And, and I, I know that you know, most normal people, the first thing they think about when they wake up isn't writing to their elected officials or to the government on an issue. But these are areas where I think that, that the Marine Fisheries service uh, needs to hear from sportsmen and fishermen alike. And it's really easy to do. Your listeners can, can simply go to regulations.gov. Right there, they can see the, the rule for the North Atlantic right whale vessel strike reduction rule. I, I love how the government always packs as many words into a sentence as they can. <laughs> 
and and just click on the comment button and just and just let your voice be heard. It's as simple as just typing into a box and giving your contact information, and poof, it's off in the cyberspace. And and those comments are due by October 31st. And I would also add that you know these are areas where I think these unelected regulatory bodies they do a very important role in managing you know how the world works. Sometimes they get a little too far afield, and I think that if this is something that really upsets people, then you know they should make sure their members of Congress are aware that sometimes we go a little too far with these rules, and our elected officials actually don't know these rules are coming until after they're on the table. So we need to take it from a two-path approach and stay on top of these rules, comment, let your voice be heard, as well as make sure your elected officials know that they need to keep their eye on what these unelected regulatory bodies are up to. All right. So the website, again, is regulation.gov. And we haven't talked about this yet, but why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about the Recreational Fishing Alliance, what your organization's all about? Yeah, happy to. So the Recreational Fishing Alliance was founded in the in the 1990s in New Jersey in, in reaction to what, would, what then was a, a government approach to, to basically tax the boating and the fishing industry almost out of existence. If people said, well, people have boats, they must have money, <laughs> so therefore we can tax them. Uh, because only rich people have boats, right? When in reality, you know, we all know that that's not the case. And so the boating industry and, and, and the recreational fishing industry and the charter boat industry got together and, or, and founded this, this organization called the Recreational Fishing Alliance. And it has expanded far beyond its initial uh, formation back in the 90s to, to focus on state and federal legislative and regulatory matters uh, that, that impact the day-to-day interest of recreational fishermen and, and boaters to make sure that not only are we keeping our, you know, keeping our, our fishing available to every variety, to every person of every interest, but, but the focus on making sure that our, our waterways are accessible, that fishing is, is protected, uh, both as species, their health, but managed properly and not restricted in, in ways like we were just talking about, and to give the recreational fishing community, a place to go, a rallying point to say, I'm with them, and, and I want you to go and fight for me to make sure that I can continue to do what I love. Uh, and anybody that puts a line in the water for any reason, there's passion behind it, there's love behind it, there's history behind it. So the RFA ex- exists to give those people a place to come and to, and to share that love and for us to, to work together to make sure we're protecting the recreational fishing community for the future. Sounds like an alliance I can definitely get behind as an angler. Last question, what's the website where folks can find out more? Really easy, joinrfa.org. That's joinrfa.org. RFA is a recreational fishing alliance. As you just heard, they are a very important voice for us as anglers across America. So go to joinrfa.org and find out more today. Rob, thanks for bringing all of this to our attention today on America Outdoors Radio. Thank you for your time, John. And now it's time to tell you about some anglers who are catching some really big fish. It's time to talk record fish. From the Maryland Department of Natural Resources, we learn Jeff Jacobs has been officially recognized as the new state record holder for the Atlantic Division with a 393-pound swordfish that he caught in the canyons off the coast of Ocean City. Jacobs, who is 38, was on the charter boat Rochambeau with Captain Willie Zimmerman and crew and preparing to return to shore following a successful day on the water. But then, a rod on the boat 
baited with eel and a blue-white skirt was tugging. Before long, the fish jumped out of the water, and according to Jacobs, it looked like a Volkswagen. Already exhausted from an eight-hour fishing trip, Jacobs spent the next five and a half hours fighting to pull the huge fish on board. Sounds like the old man in the sea. According to Jacobs, giving up wasn't an option. When we saw it, we knew it was a state record. The swordfish weight was officially certified at the Ocean City Fishing Center. A Maryland DNR biologist confirmed the catch as well. This swordfish is more than 90 pounds larger than the previous record set in 2021. The department maintains state records for sport fish in four divisions, Atlantic, Chesapeake, non-tidal, and invasive, and awards plaques to anglers who achieve record catches. That is a very impressive fish, and we've got another record fish to tell you about, too. From the Fishing Wire and the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency, we learned that Micah Burkhart caught a monster blue catfish on September 24th at 12.30 p.m. on the Cumberland River in Stewart County. He was using skipjack for bait, and he caught it on a 30-pound test line. That's amazing, because this fish weighed in at 118 pounds and 7 ounces. And pending verification and certification, it will be the new Tennessee record. The official measurements for the fish, again, 118 pounds, 7 ounces. It was 54 inches long, had a 41-inch girth. And in case you're wondering, Micah actually released this pending record back into the Cumberland River after it was weighed. If you want to see a picture of this giant catfish, go to the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency Facebook page. It is indeed a monster. Micah Burkhart and Jeff Jacobs, way to go. I am impressed, and I'm pretty sure all of our listeners are too. Congratulations on your new record. Next, it is October, and with Halloween coming up soon, it's a good time to talk about superstitions, especially when it comes to fishing, because us anglers, we can be very superstitious. From Target Walleye, we've got the top 30 superstitions for you, and I'm not going to share all of them, but I'll give you some of them. Number one, don't bring bananas on board your boat. A lot of anglers really believe in this one. Number two, don't fill the live well until you catch your first fish. Next, always dip the net when you start the day. It's good luck, don't you know? And never harvest fish while pre-fishing for a tournament. Never, ever. Another one, the last numbers on all line counters need to be the same. And you can't end an open water or ice season with a pike because you'll ruin your next season if you do. Want a few more? Okay. Don't use hand sanitizer, bug spray, or sunscreen while you're on the boat because the oil gets on everything, including bait. And by the way, this one's not just a superstition. When it comes to bug spray in particular, this is a proven fact. You don't want to get that on your lure because it will send the fish scurrying away. Here's one I haven't heard of before. Spit on the first minnow before you put it on the hook. And this one I have heard of. Kiss the fish before you throw them back. Another one, no loud stomping or music. And just like the bug spray one, this isn't a superstition. This has got some facts behind it. You will scare fish away if you're doing this on your boat. 
If you're an ice fisherman, you'll probably recognize this one. Pour a little beer in the water, because when you're ice fishing, you have to first bless the holes. And speaking of beer, here's another superstition. No beer until there's a fish in the boat. Think of that as a reward of sorts. Last but not least, making the mistake of truly believing someone actually gave you a tip on a hot spot where you're going to catch a ton of fish. Want to check out more of these superstitions? Well, check out TargetWalleye.com, and they've got a newsletter that's free to subscribe to that is full of great information. On that note, it's time to go, but I sure would like to thank our guests today. They were great. That includes Rob Nixon with the Recreational Fishing Alliance, Mark Holyoke with the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, and Chip Raybun with Warriors and Quiet Waters. Love the work he and others are doing for our post-9-11 combat vets. Here's hoping you are blessed in the days ahead for all of you cleaning up in the aftermath of Hurricane Ian. My prayers are with you. And on that note, we've got to go. So, until next time, remember this. It is your country and you're outdoors, so get out there and enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs>